Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, everybody. How's it going, Randy? That's going all right. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, awesome. Uh, uh, I started watching Generations, Star Trek Generations again. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm and? about half an hour to 45 minutes in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, not a very good movie. <laughs> Is that the one that starts with, like, their christening a starship or... Yep, yep. The yeah, Enterprise that's B. the one. With, uh, and, and Kirk's on board or yep. something? Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. You remember more of it than you thought. <laughs> right. That's uh, one of, like, two things I remember about that. Well, I remember the saucer section crashing, uh, spoiler alert, um... And uh, something to do with, like, Malcolm McDowell and Kirk and Patrick Stewart. Yep. Something about that. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of all over the place, I think. Uh, speaking of Patrick Stewart, have you seen Blunt Talk yet? Oh, no. What's that? It's his new uh, uh, comedy show on Stars. It's uh, produced by Seth MacFarlane. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, Is it? I mean, you might might, might want to check it out. I don't know. Is it um so what's the what's the deal with it? What's the the setup? He's a news uh not quite an anchor, but he's kind of a you know, a, a news personality. And uh yeah, he gets in all kinds of trouble. Oh, that sounds awesome. He's kinda of like um Andy Rooney or something, like makes he, he like comment comments on stuff or Yeah, yeah, kinda of like that. Okay. I'm gonna have to check it out. You said it's on stars? Mm-hmm. Oh awesome. No, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to watch it now that I know about it. I uh, I should probably know more about uh, Star Trek <laughs> stuff that's going on. <laughs> but hey, that's you know, there's two of us, so we can you know kind of tell each other uh, what's going on. Well, it's not really Star Trek. It's just yeah. you know Patrick Stewart. I mean Patrick Stewart. I mean, come on, he is uh, Captain Picard, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty much it. So whenever he appears in something, it's kind of like Captain Picard is appearing in something as another character uh sure sure <laughs> let's go with that <laughs> all right so uh anything else track related mm. happening lately no not really oh all right well uh we're getting ready uh pretty soon and i think when our next episode comes out we'll actually be at the san jose super toy show mm-hmm. on a track for some Star Trek goodies. Yeah, yeah, some memorabilia would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, there's nothing in particular I'm looking for, but usually at that show they have some neat stuff. So mm-hmm. Definitely. Should be fun. Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, you want to talk about Star Trek Enterprise? Yeah, I suppose so. No, <laughs> totally. I definitely do. That's what we're here for, right? Exactly. All right. Let's talk about Star Trek Enterprise, Season 2, Episode 19, Judgment. Uh-oh. Original air date, April 9th, 2003. I'm going to pass judgment on this episode soon. <laughs> so get ready, folks. Uh, the episode opens in a Klingon courtroom. What? Archer is brought before the judge. He's accused of conspiring against the Klingon Empire. Archer pleads not guilty. And he is told that he will be given a chance to prove his innocence or face only one punishment, which is death. Oh, I thought it was like tickling or something. No, these are Klingons. Yeah, okay. 
Then's the opening credits. Uh, when the episode comes back, uh, it's a Klingon prison cell. Archer, he's uh, clearly less than enticed by his meal. Gets a visit from Dr. Phlox. Uh, Phlox claims that Archer has a highly infectious disease, which scares off the guard, uh, giving Archer and Phlox a chance to chat in low voices. Uh, Phlox tells Archer that T'Pol has talked to both Starfleet and the Vulcan High Command to get Archer free. Uh, Klingon enters the cell and tells Phlox to scram. Uh, this Klingon is named Kolos, and he's Archer's advocate. And he's played by J.G. Hertzler, who played Martok on DS9. Oh. Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, Archer learns that he will not be testifying at the tribunal and that Kolos will be handing the defense, even though he hasn't heard all the facts. In the courtroom, which is very evocative of Kirk's trial in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, uh, Archer is introduced to Prosecutor Oric, who apparently has an impressive success rate, whereas Kolos has only, quote, performed his duty. <laughs> yeah, that's not filling me with confidence in his abilities or his record. Yeah, he's just kind of going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Um, or it calls Captain Duras to the stand, though it turns out that Duras got demoted to second weapons officer because of Archer. Duras explains that he chased a group of rebels and had found the rebels in a system just outside Klingon territory. There's a flashback. Uh, Dura sees the Enterprise on the main viewer. He is told that they can easily dispatch the Enterprise, but the Enterprise hails him first. Archer appears on screen, <laughs> saying he is the captain of the battle cruiser Enterprise. <laughs> uh, Duras just wants to get the rebels who have taken refuge on the Enterprise, but Archer aggressively tells Duras that he has sided with the rebels. Uh, this is very much like Rashomon, where it's from different point of views. Right, right. Oh, the battle... Battleship uh, Enterprise? Battlecruiser? Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, back in the courtroom, Archer protests to Kolos, but Kolos isn't interested in what Archer has to say. Uh, Archer argues loudly that the rebels weren't traitors, but the judge tells Kolos to keep Archer's mouth shut. Uh, flashback continues. Durst explains to Archer that the Enterprise is the weaker ship, but Archer responds with, quote, death to the Empire, and the Enterprise fires its phase cannons at the Klingon vessel. Durst chases after the Enterprise into the rings of a nearby planet. Uh, Enterprise fires a torpedo that ignites the area around the Klingon ship, badly damaging it. Enterprise then fires its phase cannons and leaves, leaving the Klingon vessel adrift. Back in the courtroom, Oric is done with Duras. Kolos refuses to cross-examine him. Uh, Oric has no further evidence because Duras' story is more than enough. Oric says the tribunal is too lenient because the Enterprise crew hasn't been tried and they haven't sent a fleet of Klingon ships to Earth, so Archer should get the most severe punishment he can get. Uh, Kolos offers no evidence of his own. Archer speaks up and says he wants to defend himself. And he is tased for his insolence. Uh, back in his cell, Archer tries a bit of his meal. He immediately spits it out. Kolos enters and tells Archer that he's eating Targ. <laughs> Kolos is upset that Archer didn't keep quiet. Uh, and he explains that the magistrate will show mercy if Archer tells him where to find the rebels. Uh, Archer says, no way. 
he wants to testify. Uh, Colas tells Archer that he became an advocate years ago when the courts were more than willing to listen. Uh, Archer convinces Colas to challenge the court instead of simply giving up. Uh, in the courtroom, Colos tells the magistrate that Archer wants to testify and brings up the judicial charter of Koloff, which states that an advocate is entitled to challenge the charges at any point during the tribunal. The magistrate has no choice but to allow Archer to speak. Uh, Archer uh, tells his side of the story, explaining that the Enterprise was answering a distress call. There's a flashback on the Enterprise. Archer sees the damaged vessel on the main viewer. Uh, T'Pol tells him that there are 27 biosigns on board. Archer has Mayweather dock with the ship. Later in sickbay, Archer is talking to one of the aliens with flocks. The alien tells them that their colony was annexed by Klingons. Uh, the Klingons said that they would protect them, but ended up stripping them of their resources. Uh, much like Marauders, that yeah. episode with the Klingons. Yeah, it really reminded me of that situation. Uh, and then the Klingons never returned. Mm-hmm. Uh, even later, a Klingon battle cruiser appears. Archer orders a tactical alert. Oric argues that Archer launched a deliberate attack on the Imperial vessel, which means that Archer is not just guilty of inciting a rebellion, but also committing an act of war. Hmm. Uh, in a flashback, uh, the Enterprise's situation room, Archer, T'Pol, Reed, and Mayweather are trying to figure out a way to escape from the Klingon battlecruiser. Using the knowledge of Klingon sensor arrays that they learned in the episode Sleeping Dogs, uh, Archer wants to hide from the Klingon ship by igniting the plasma in the rings around a nearby planet. He's all about igniting plasma. It's yeah. like his move. <laughs> it's the archer maneuver. Yeah, he's trying to cement that as his signature move. Uh, later, the Klingon ship approaches. Archer hails them and tries to talk things out with Durus. The Klingon ship fires at Enterprise. Enterprise fires back and flees into the rings. The Klingon ship follows. The plasma is ignited, and Enterprise escapes. In the courtroom, Kolos states that Archer could have destroyed the Klingon ship, but didn't. Uh, Archer didn't because Duras isn't his enemy. Colos tells the magistrate that Archer is guilty. Guilt of meddling in Klingon affairs, that is. <laughs> After all, Archer was the one who exposed a Sulaban plot that would have caused a Klingon civil war in <laughs> Broken Bow. Uh, in addition, Archer rescued the Klingon vessel Samra from a gas giant in Sleeping Dogs. <laughs> In conclusion, Colos says, Archer is guilty of being a nuisance, which is hardly worth the attention of the tribunal. Later in his cell, Archer is sitting with Colos. The verdict is taking a while. Colos gives Archer some blood wine to make the wait more pleasant. Uh, Colos complains that the courts have become a tool for the warrior class. Colos's father was a teacher, and his mother was a biologist at the university, and they urged him to go into law. Uh, he bemoans the fact that young Klingons just want victory, any victory, even if it means besting a weaker opponent, and there is no honor in that. Uh, in the courtroom, the magistrate finds Archer guilty, but commutes the death sentence because of all the good Archer has done for the Empire. Instead, Archer is sentenced to the dilithium mines of Rura Pente uh, for the rest of his life. 
and uh, Ruripende is where Kirk and Bones were sent in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Oh, wow. So a lot of connections between this episode and that, or at least some pretty strong ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oreg argues that Archer should be put to death, but Kolo says that the life expectancy for a prisoner on Ruripende is six months to a year at most. Kolos gets really fired up and says that it's been a long time since justice was served in the courtroom. Uh, <laughs> Kolos is then sentenced to one year at Ruapente. For his troubles. <laughs> On the bridge of Enterprise, Paul tells the crew that the Vulcan High Command will continue to try to get Archer released. But in the meantime, Enterprise is ordered to leave Klingon space. Uh, Reed and Tripp want to mount a rescue mission, but T'Pol wants to use diplomacy by persuading certain Klingon bureaucrats. On Ruapente, uh, Archer and Kolos are working in the mines. Kolos can barely stand from the exhaustion, but is tased for not working. Uh, Archer fights the guard, taking him out, but he is then taken out by another guard. After the guards leave, Kolos says Archer is a fool. But Archer tells him the Earth saying, you don't kick a man when he's down. Uh, Kolos then asks him if all humans are stupid. (laughs) Uh, Later, Archer and Kolos continue mining when new prisoners arrive. One of these newcomers is a hooded man who approaches Archer with an axe in his hand. Uh, Kolos stops him from approaching, uh, but it turns out that the man is Reed. Reed explains that T'Pol bribed some officials to sneak him in there and get Archer out. Uh, Archer wants to bring Kolos with him, but Kolos refuses to go. Uh, he wants to effect change on Klingon society, but he knows that he can't restore honor to his people if he lives as a fugitive. Mm-hmm. Archer and Kolos clasp wrists, and Archer and Reed escape as Kolos smiles and then returns to mining. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, some connections with Star Trek VI, mm-hmm. a discovered country. Um, some callbacks I, to previous episodes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so, so a lot of connections to things. Um, I thought this had a kind of an interesting flow to it. Um, you, you know, it's, this is a time where, you know, Earth and Klingon, or the Klingons, rather, are um, the Klingon Empire, rather, uh, are not uh, exactly um, the best of friends. Um, and uh, we're, we're definitely seeing that. I thought one of the most interesting parts of this was that it kind of ends with something you'd think would make the Klingons ex- especially angry, which is that uh, they rescued uh, Archer from uh, the mining planet um, you know, basically sprung him from jail, from Klingon jail. Right. And, uh, and, and just took off. <laughs> so, uh, clearly this is not an episode that leads to a uh, productive, happy relations between Starfleet and the Klingons. Right. But it's, uh, episode that leads to change within the Klingon empire or hopefully change yeah. within the we, Klingon we, empire. We hope it does. Right. Um, actually that speaking of the last part, I actually didn't like that part very much. I felt like the episode would have been stronger if it had just been, the courtroom drama of the rest of the episode. Um, it just felt weird to suddenly cut to the prison planet. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm not really sure how I quite feel about how the, the courtroom part played out. I mean, I thought that they made a pretty strong case that Archer had actually helped the Klingon empire quite a bit. And I mean, I guess that's why they decided instead of killing him, that they were going to send him to, uh, Rurapente and, you know, 
is, did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> and have him mine, mine stuff there. Um, but I thought it would have been pretty cool if they were like, you know what? Archer's a pretty good friend of the Klingon Empire. We're just gonna, you know, let him, let him have his way. Um, and actually, I talked about this episode, I mentioned this episode a couple of episodes of Trek Trek ago, uh, when we watched the episode, um, Canamar, uh, aka Con Air in Space. Uh, so originally this was supposed to be, or rather, uh, Canamar was, uh, based off of the final act of this episode, um, of Judgment, uh, in its original form, which was going to have, uh, Archer en route, uh, to the mining, uh, colony, uh, with Enterprise attempting to spring him from a Klingon, uh, prison transport. Uh, but they ended up turning that into its own standalone episode, and obviously it wasn't the Klingons that were involved that time. Right. Yeah, but you can kind of see where it where it came from. You know what would be a pretty cool episode, actually, is mm. if this episode started with Archer already in the mining colony, and it became a heist movie of trying to break him out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could almost imagine, too, I think that would be great as well. You could almost imagine this being a multi-episode arc. Um, you know, where you have him being sentenced and then you have an episode where he's in the prison colony, uh, and has to be sprung out, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It really has, I think it has kind of the underpinnings of being sort of a multi-episode story arc. Um, it seems a little, actually a little too much for just one episode. Um, but yeah, but we got what we got and actually I liked it. Um, you know, I, I like the Klingons. <laughs> I'm a Klingon fan, uh, you know, and it's it's cool to see them be involved, and it's it's interesting to see, you know, the pre-original series Star Trek uh, relationship between the Klingons and the humans, uh, which isn't off to the greatest start. I really do hope that they address why the Klingons look different than they do in original series, though. Mm, yeah, I wonder if they're going to do that. I mean, it, there was a... Was it on um, uh, DS9, with an episode where they revisit Trouble Tribbles, where they talk about um, they talk about how they look different in the original series? Yeah, and then uh, Worf, Worf just says, I don't want to talk uh, about yeah, it. Yeah, like... Or it's a private matter or something. Yeah, that that's like a, a part of uh, our, our history we don't like to discuss or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe they will. And then they they yet again look different in the Abrams track. So. Mm-hmm. I guess not as different, but they look different. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed this episode. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, courtroom dramas, and you mm-hmm. know, this was a, a good one. It was interesting to see it from the Klingon courts and stuff. Yeah, and I think the other thing that was cool was seeing that it was, um, that there were, you know, they, they bring, they take the time to bring up the fact that not all Klingons are warriors. There are Klingon lawyers, and there are Klingon, you know, doctors, and there are Klingon teachers, you know? Like, it's it's not just a race of warriors. There mm-hmm. are other people. But, but you know, as they point out, obviously the warrior class is growing in prominence. Right. And to the, to the extent that basically, you know, everything is kind of controlled by them. Like, yeah. the court has just become, well, let's execute people. Yeah, so it's cool. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting to see another side of the Klingon. Mm-hmm. And and that it referenced uh, previous encounters between Archer and the Klingons, including the pilot for the series. 
which is pretty important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Horizon. Sounds good. UPN next Wednesday, a career of a lifetime. You are the helmsman of the first Warp 5 starship. A family in turmoil. You turned your back on us a long time ago. This Starfleet officer must choose between them. My career is the last thing on my mind right now. A dramatic all-new enterprise. Horizon, UPN next Wednesday at 8, 7 central. And we're back. Uh, let's talk about Star Trek Enterprise, Season 2, Episode 20, Horizon. Original air date, April 16th, 2003. Uh, yeah. Take it away, Randy. All right. So let's get right into this one. Uh, we start the episode out. Mayweather is chilling in uh, Enterprise's sweet spot. Yeah, we haven't seen that for a while. Yeah. Was it in the pilot? Yeah, it was in the pilot. Yeah, they're like, oh, here's this cool part of the Enterprise where, you know, there's like neutral gravity. So you can just float around and, you know. Except when the gravity goes out and Archer's in the shower and <laughs> it gets really crazy. Uh, but yeah, Mayweather uh, was chilling up there and um, he's, you know, kind of hanging out on the ceiling as you do when you're in the zero G. Uh, and he gets a call from the bridge. Uh, he is wanted on the bridge. Um, they tell him that Admiral Forrester is called and that they're about to reverse course. Oh, what could that be about? Well, we'll have to find out after the opening credits. <laughs> what a cliffhanger. Right, right. You know, I've noticed, I've really noticed, and I think we might get to it on our next episode, but there's some of the setups before, some of the little teasers before the opening credits are just nothing. It's like nothing. It's like someone make, someone hears a sound, and then it goes to the opening credits. So, uh, yeah, at least this one, you know, yeah, Mayweather, something going on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have the opening credits. Uh, they come back from the credits, and we find out the Enterprise is being... Uh, called to check out a planet uh, that is caught between uh, two gas giants and uh, this this kind of uh, gravitational tug of war it's caught in are going to cause as they say some geological fireworks and so Travis is told to set a course uh, for this location um, so next up we're in Archer's ready room and Travis enters um, and he asked Captain Archer if the Enterprise can detour off its course um, by about 10 hours uh, in order to rendezvous uh, with the Horizon, the titular Horizon, uh, which, as you might remember from a previous episode, this is the ship where he grew up. Because, as you know, Travis Mayweather was born in space. He's a boomer. He's a boomer. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knew that or not, but the show's reminding us for a whole episode. Uh, basically, you know, he says we could detour. It's about 10 hours uh, off our course, but we'll still get to uh, this event in time. Uh, he tells Archer that his father hasn't been feeling well, uh, but his mom tells him that his dad will be all right. Uh, basically, Archer's totally cool with this and says, yeah, let's let's go drop you off with uh, the Horizon for a few days. Uh, in engineering, uh, Tripp and Paul are talking about horror movies. So once again, they're talking about movies. Uh, Tripp lets her know that there's going to be a triple feature coming up. A triple feature. Oh, I get it. Get it, get it. Of the three greatest horror movies of all time. So, you know, 
Our regular listeners might be expecting these to be some futuristic movies we've never heard of, you know, <laughs> from a time closer to the launching of the Enterprise NX-01. But no, actually, you caught me. They're really old. <laughs> They're black and white, uh, the original Frankenstein, uh, Bride of Frankenstein, and Son of Frankenstein. And, as he jokes, they might even throw on Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. They're watching ancient, ancient movies <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like, I know we're into retro games, but, like, if all we did was play Atari, Atari 2600 games, I mean, this is even crazier than that. This is like if we played, like, a Steam-powered game from 100 years ago or something. <laughs> we're playing one of those things at the Nickelodeon or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, my note was that clearly horror movies have not improved in the next couple hundred years. Um, or maybe they just don't make, you know, we haven't even, don't really hear about futuristic movies on Star Trek. Maybe they just stopped making movies. Maybe they're like, <laughs> exploring space is so radical that we don't even need to make movies anymore. Yeah, but they could be watching, you know, I mean, something from recent horror movies. <laughs> something from the year, you know, something from a year or two before. It's like, do they have to pay royalties if they mention a current movie? Well, mm-hmm. anyways, anyways, ah. Um... Of course, to Paul protests, but Trips Trip thinks uh, that they these movies will be right up her alley. Uh, I mean, you note that there was a fun scene uh, where uh, Reed and Travis are in the mess uh, discussing civilians on uh, starships. Um, Travis uh, says to Reed that Starfleet really ought to think about putting families on starships. He's of course. Referring to Horizon and, and growing up there, and that there are families on those cargo ships, uh, but Reed replies that you must be joking. Um, I saw this as obvious foreshadowing of uh, the Enterprise D mm-hmm. uh, from Next Generation, which of course had civilians on it and families. Um, Travis says that no one would ever get homesick. To which Reed replies, "Yes, well, they'd better post a psychologist on board because I need one of my parents were roaming the corridors." And of course, you know, she's not quite a psychologist, but I did think of um, Counselor Troy. Yeah. When he mentioned that. So it was kind of it was kind of fun. I thought it was a fun scene. You know, it's a nod to next gen um, and, you know, future Trek. So after this exchange, I would get Captain's personal log. And we find out that this is taking place on January 10th, 2153. Um, he says it's a bleak time for new movie releases. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, he talks about being on course for a rendezvous with the Freighter Horizon. Uh, but unfortunately, he's just received word uh, that Ensign Mayweather's family is forcing or facing rather an unexpected tragedy. And I think we can all tell what this is at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're back in the sweet spot. Uh, Archer enters and finds Travis again up at the ceiling. Uh, Archer is there to console Travis, who's just learned that his father passed away. Uh, Travis uh, tells Archer that his mother had actually sent a message with the news to Starfleet uh, six weeks ago, but he never received it. Uh, Archer says civilian channels can be pretty slow. Uh, Travis is obviously very heartbroken, uh, and he actually feels quite guilty. Um, he tells Archer that you know he, he felt like he should have called him when he found out that he was sick. Um, and that he has a lot of regret because he, he, as far as he knows, his dad was, um, really, uh, not happy with his decision to leave kind of the quote unquote family business, uh, of, you know, of captaining and piloting, uh, freighters, uh, cargo ships and to join Starfleet. 
Um, Archer reassures him, um, and, and tells, uh, Travis that he knows for a fact that his father was proud of him. Um, Travis, you know, is reluctant to believe Archer, uh, but Archer tells him the story of when, um, Mayweather's dad sent a letter to Archer in which, uh, he made what he said was the shortest recommendation. It was only one sentence, and he said he'd never met a more natural stick and rudder man in his life, and that Archer would be a fool if he didn't choose him to be on the helm of Enterprise. Uh, and Travis says that he wishes uh, his father would have told him that. Um, next up, we see a scene in sickbay uh, where T'Pol is suffering from a headache. Uh, Phlox is, you know, being his normal self and is wondering if she's just looking for an excuse to get out of the movie night. Um, it seems like they're really going all in on this movie night thing with DePaul. Yeah, yeah. she <laughs> really hates movie night. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to end up, I'm uh, guessing we're going to have the scene where she finally, you know, pops some popcorn or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, the Enterprise meets up with the Horizon. Um, we're on board Horizon at this point. Travis is showing Trip around. Um, Travis meets up with his mom, uh, who leads him to his old quarters instead of taking him to visitors' quarters. Um, Travis also meets up with his brother, Paul, um, who is actually the acting captain of Horizon at this point. Um, we find out that Paul wasn't expecting to become captain so soon, obviously, because no one could prepare for something like that. Uh, and the two of them agree to catch up more over dinner. And back on Enterprise on the bridge, uh, Paul is making sure everything's in place for the volcanic eruptions and for them to observe and record what happens. Uh, in the ready room, um, Trip uh, again pursues the movie night topic and asks DePaul if she's coming to the movie. Uh, he leaves, and Archer says that he and DePaul, Archer and DePaul, could have dinner followed by the movie. Ooh. That she could be his date and that he will be a perfect gentleman. Oh, at last. Right? But it was oddly, like just kind of corny and not like you're kind of like is this something or is this not something yeah no, it's not something it's not it's not i mean he's just kind of i think trying to squeeze some earth customs in there maybe he's even trying to give her a bit of a hard time because she's being such a sourpuss about this whole thing mm -hmm. uh he says if she doesn't like it she doesn't have to go to a, the movies again uh, back on the horizon bridge uh we find out that travis already made some upgrades he's, he's like wesley crushing it like, he shows, he shows, like, he just starts tinkering with stuff. <laughs> no one asked him to do it. Uh, but Travis has made some upgrades to the ship, and his brother isn't pleased. Uh, following the scene, we're in Travis's, uh, Travis's room uh, that he's staying in, and his friend Nora is there, a uh, friend from his old days on the horizon, uh, telling him how things that have, that, sorry, uh, she's telling him that things on the horizon have been kind of rocky since his dad passed away. Um, for instance, they're low on supplies. Uh, and just in general, you know, you could tell that the loss of the captain, the loss of his father has, has had an impact on the ship. And maybe his brother isn't having, you know, such an easy time picking up the mantle of captain. Um, just then, the ship starts rocking, and we learn that they're under attack. Uh, we head up to the bridge where the horizon is under attack from an unknown foe. And we learn also that something has been attached to the ship's hull, and that this had happened to another cargo ship previously. 
So clearly, you know, the aliens are, are tagging, or the, these hostile aliens are tagging uh, these ships and raiding them. Uh, Travis and his brother, Paul, uh, argue about engaging the hostile alien. Uh, his brother, you know, has kind of a usual reaction in these kind of, these situations where someone's, you know, kind of being space bullied. Where he says, oh, you know, we kind of, like, like, the people on the planet with, with marauders with the Klingons, you know, I'll oh, just give in to them and they'll leave us alone. But uh, Travis tells Paul that if there's one thing he's learned from Captain Archer is that you don't give in to people like this. So, you know, clearly someone's, you know, picking up on Archer's uh, bravado. Mm-hmm. So back on the Enterprise, it's time, movie time. Uh, they're in the mess hall and they're watching Frankenstein. And surprise, surprise, uh, T'Pol isn't into it. Uh, during the movie, Phlox is actually being kind of rude and talking. <laughs> and he's telling Trip how the people of Basari, too, have actually perfected reanimating corpses. Mm. Yeah. So we'll tie in there with the, the content of the movie. Uh, we go back to Horizon. Um, and they discuss the fact that they're noticing uh, that some impulse relays are being rerouted in what they say is Module 5, Cargo Module 5. Uh, Paul, Travis's brother, goes to investigate and finds Travis in Module 5. Uh, Paul wants him to stop and gives uh, Travis grief over not caring and checking in on their father sooner when he learned that they were sick. So, what is Travis up to? In the Horizon Mess Hall, Travis's mom is giving him grief. <laughs> Everyone's giving him grief. Everyone's either saying, things are falling apart, or I'm giving you grief for something. To poor Travis. Uh, <laughs> well, they're always giving him grief for leaving and going to Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't he have stayed and, you know, tended after the crops for another season? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, so, in the Horizon Mess Hall... As I said, Travis's mom is giving him grief uh, over trying to modify the impulse circuits. She lets him know that everyone on the horizon is proud of him, even his brother. And the conversation ends, and they call it a night. Uh, back on Enterprise in Archer's dining room, T'Pol and Trip are discussing the movie. Um, she clearly was not a fan, if it wasn't already quite obvious. Uh she points out that uh, the angry mob from Frankenstein reminded her of when Vulcans made first contact with Earth. Uh, and she jokes, I guess if she can joke, that uh, she's going to recommend that Ambassador Saval watch the movie for some context. Uh, Archer chimes in and says maybe inviting her to movie night wasn't a good idea. But then she kind of surprises them and says that she's actually looking forward to watching The Bride of Frankenstein. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, at this point, Hoshi calls uh, to alert them that the volcanoes are erupting. Uh, on the Enterprise Bridge, uh, they're detecting biosigns on the planet, which was uh, supposedly lifeless, uh, at which point Paul quotes Frankenstein saying, It's alive! Aha! Uh-huh. Aha! Yes! Vulcan humor, I guess. Oh, it's an attempt. Yeah. And so, of course, Archer, Archer wants to study what's going on on the planet. Uh, back on Horizon. Lots of cutting back between Horizon and Enterprise. Uh, that mean old enemy alien is back and is attacking. Uh, and 
basically through a lot of maneuvering and, uh, I guess, seat-of-your-pants thrills, uh, Travis ends up taking over the helm of the Horizon and puts his uh, newfangled uh, NX-01 piloting skills to use to overtake and blast the heck out of the alien. But he doesn't use the archer maneuver. He does not ignite. He does not vent any any warp plasma and then ignite it. So maybe Archer was like, you know, guys, this is my move. If you're going to use it, you have to either shout out Archer Maneuver before you do it. Or, um, yeah, uh, come up with your own thing, right? It kind of does like a loop-de-loop in space. Maybe that's the Mayweather Maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways... He, you know, he's clearly the best pilot there is, except for Archer, and uh, gets one up on the alien, and his brother Paul tells the alien to go pack up and don't ever bother anyone in this quadrant again, uh, because we're going to blast you again if you try it. Uh, Still on Horizon, in Travis's room, he has one final meeting with his brother. Um, Paul asks him if it will be another four years before they see each other again. Uh, and Trip replies that it will hopefully be sooner. Uh, back in Enterprise's airlock, Travis is coming on board. Archer asks Travis if everything's all right, that they notice some damage on the hull of Horizon. To which Travis responds, it was probably just a meteorite impact. So he's clearly not going to talk up his exploits of shooting up bad guy aliens. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, um... Hmm. Not not a great episode, in my opinion. Uh, it was good to get more Mayweather. Mm-hmm. I mean, get more Mayweather in general. Yeah. He's been a background character a lot. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just was not into his exploits, and uh, the stuff on Enterprise was not particularly compelling. It was, I don't know, just a very flat episode. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was... It was really, a, it was an episode where I think even more so than any other we've seen, maybe with the exception of Brave New World, just kind of nothing happens. Um, you know, we, we find out more, we get to see where Travis grew up, which is, you know, interesting. Like, I always want to learn more about the characters, but I will say that I don't think that, um, we learn anything really substantial about Travis. Right. Um, you know, he, and for a character that's been so in the background and so sort of unexplored compared to the other characters, it's pretty sad because, like, we still don't know anything about him. You know, like, we still don't know. I mean, we know that he likes, um, uh, climbing. Yeah, he likes rock climbing. Rock climbing, stuff like that. But we just don't, still haven't really seen any depth, uh, to that. Um, you know, there, there'll probably be, I, I think we have an episode coming up that's a Flocks episode, and we find out some pretty compelling stuff there, and, you know, we've, we've definitely had lots of development of Trip and, and of Captain Archer, and, and of T'Pol, and even Reed to an extent. I would say, I guess the two characters that we just really don't know much about at all are, uh, Hoshi and, uh, and Mayweather. So, um, I mean, this was a first attempt at Mayweather. Man, I, I have hope. I, I think that they can build, kind of build this character out and get us more invested in him as the series goes on. Um, but this was just, you know, it was meant to be, you know, an emotional, emotional episode for him, but we're not really attached to him to begin with. So, you know, it didn't really do anything but kind of fall flat. Um, and then again, like you said, the, the stuff on the Enterprise, 
it's movie night again. It's like, we, yeah, we get it. Paul doesn't like movie night, but maybe she does. Yeah, and that was so. kind of the arc of the episode for her. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, not much happened. Um, uh, we got to we got to see where Travis came from and meet his mom and his brother, uh, and that was about it. Yeah, and he has a conflict with his brother that's resolved by the end of the episode. Yeah, I mean, it was a really minor league conflict, so... Um, and, you know, like, uh, his friend Nora that shows up that I mentioned that, you know, talks about how things are kind of not going so well on the ship even. You know, there's no real resolution to that. There's no, you know, it's, it's not like by Travis, um, you know, by Travis, uh, blasting the, the alien and sending him packing. I mean, I don't think that that's made his brother a better captain. No, it just proves that Travis is a good pilot and. Yeah. You know, that's why they miss him on the ship, because <laughs> right. he's got skills that his brother yeah. clearly doesn't have. Yeah, he's maybe, the mo- maybe besides his mom, like, the most qualified person to be the captain of the Horizon, but he's leaving, so. Yeah, there you go. Well, anyways, that was Horizon. Yeah. Um, Next time, we're going to talk about two more episodes, uh, The Breach and Cogenitor. Sounds awesome. Can't wait. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you later. Bye! Central.